right. Do you want to do an intro? An intro? Uh, welcome back to the dude. Should I wait? I wait for a second. Welcome back to Doomsday Sister Wives, episode five. Here today with our special guest, John. Hello, John. Hey, John. Hello, hello. Thanks for the invite, guys. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, hey, John. It's uh, it's good to see you. I know we promised you first guest, but uh, that went out the window because uh, it Alan. Yeah. I don't know if you know Alan this. moved in. Alan hates you. So uh, you know what though? It's Alan, so I can I can understand that, but I feel honestly, that. I'm just here before Noreen, so <laughs> that, that's what matters. That's very true. And he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say that. You know I what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's not gonna hear a single word of us dragging him. <laughs> exactly. Right now. Right, I, Noreen? I mean what? <laughs> I realized that I hit record before I could even write anything down, so we don't have anything <laughs> on deck. Well, we're on our own. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to start spicy then. Okay. Um, so, John, you told me a while back that you would only tell me why I got fired if I brought you on the podcast. And so, so oh, to yeah. give context, me and John worked together on this show that was shooting in our hometown or close to our hometown, at least. And um, it was going really well. And then I fucked it up really bad one day, according to other people. I think I'm flawless. So that's not true, actually. <laughs> I really <laughs> fucked up. I, I even said myself that I should have been fired that day, even before I got fired. But yeah, uh, let's, we'll try not to say the name of the show <laughs> or who worked on it. But uh, yeah, yeah. So do you know the reason I was fired? Like for reals, for reals. I got to say, I have a pretty good read on the situation. Okay, you know? gotcha, gotcha. And uh, here's one thing. I don't, even, I don't know if I told you this, but mm-hmm. one of the talents, you know which talent I'm talking about. Yes. I immediately, even before you say anything else, I know exactly what you are talking about. Yes. He asked me about you. And he said, is he doing okay? Right? Okay. Like, is he cool, right? <laughs> okay. And then I was like, yeah, he's cool. He's like he's he's doing all right. I think okay. he's like working somewhere else or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my god, I'm I'm happy. Like I'm glad you said that because, yeah. like honestly, I felt like low key we were involved in his in his firing. And I was uh-huh. like, oh no no no, it's nothing like that. I don't think he blames you guys or anything. Oh, so the, this was a conversation you had after the fact. Yeah. That okay. Yes yes yes. Okay, for a second. Okay, so wrong person. I thought you were gonna go in a different direction with that. No, it's so the now only I guy that I realize who you're talking about. Yes. Um. That's really cool to hear that he was really nice about that because I never got to talk to him enough to know if he was being like really cool with me or not. I enjoyed every moment I had with him because he was just a really nice guy. But if he said that, they inadvertently did. Like from what I got, they inadvertently had something to do with it. But because they brought an issue back to management and they were like, and then management was like, man, fuck this PA, like, this bitch can't do shit, like, and then, yeah, that's, yeah. But did he say anything else, or? Well, it's just more like, it's not, it's never one reason, you know? It's never just one thing. Right, yeah. Because, like, honestly, you were great, Robert. Like, mm-hmm. you were always on time. You know, I think you and I walked around giving all the talent shit, you know? Yeah, of course. The crafties Dude, you know stuff. what I did one day? What? I got a call from, like, and I hope this never, I hope she never listens to this. But I got a call from the production coordinator. No way. Yeah, yeah. It was like four in the morning. It was like two hours before our call time. And I was like, why am I going to call at four in the morning? Wait, the coordinator or the manager? Coordinator. I'm just on purpose. I'm saying, oh. I, know, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I, I uh, got a call from the coordinator and it's 4 a.m. And I'm like, damn, should I answer this phone call right now? Nothing good comes out of 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, call. Yeah, I know. Exactly. But I was like... I thought, I thought she was cool, so I was like, "All right, I'll answer the phone," but I know it's not gonna be good news, and so I answered the phone at four in the morning, and then she was like, "Hey, um, so me and the executive producer need to come in like right now," and I was like, "I," and this is the day we went to Sacramento, I think, or something crazy, like we went far. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm coming in. <laughs> yeah, you know. So like, my point is that, like, yes, I did try really hard in that job. Like, I tried really hard to, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I think what really happened was that mm-hmm. 
with the whole like production side, right? You know how that was the whole fiasco, right? Mm-hmm. Like we changed management like pretty often. Yeah, we, we even had a one big shift in management too, where our production manager straight up left one day. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. replaced by another person. I think. Wait, was it? Do you know if that was true? If that was like a family emergency? No way! It wasn't a family wow. emergency. Hell no, dude! That guy was getting drunk on set. Like, what? what is that? Why he had like lazy, like not lazy eye, but like his eyes were always like a little droopy. Yeah. <laughs> it's he was always fucking drunk and stoned, dude. Do like, you really? Yeah, there's times where like Yikes. I need him, like I need the keys for like like the. That was everybody. Yeah, from, like, everybody. The security deposit. Yeah, I like find him in the back parking lot, like talking to his wife or something. Jesus. Like, yeah. Holy. See, I'm not good at stuff like that. I'm just like, I'm here to work, man. So, like, I never pick up on things like that. That's so funny. He was a nice guy. But, like, if you ever needed something, he would get back to you, like, two hours later. He was a great friend. Terrible coworker. Yeah. That's 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 how it works sometimes. Huh? Yeah. So, but, but yeah, uh, the, that, that, um... Yeah, I think it was a bunch of stuff that kind of piled up on top of each other, like tiny little mistakes that added up and stuff like that. But yeah, we had that big shift in management was like pretty wild. Well, I don't, like, think, it's, I don't think it's even mainly your fault. I just feel mm-hmm. like honestly, you ended up in the crosshairs of someone mm-hmm. who's trying to dodge blame. And you know who I mean by someone, right? The person who'd be writing your ass when, when you're doing your job. Yeah. Because they're obviously saying like, yo, these things are not being accomplished. Mm-hmm. Can you like get on with it? Yeah. I mean, okay, so I think I see your point on that because, okay, yes and no. Because, yes, because that person, I don't know, like, they were super on and off about, like, being on our ass about stuff like that. And then also, I don't know, like, my duties, I felt like they were, like, ex- almost exclusive to, like, the cast. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the short, they, a lot of, the, when, like upper management, they thought like my shortcomings were like had to do with like the star of this whole production, and like the the thing that they never understood was how hard this person was to get a hold of, and like on my last day, I just became disruptive because I was just like, well, I'm getting pushed in a lot of different directions about what to do with this whole thing, man. Maybe I should have closed the garage <laughs> a little more. Um, I kept getting pushed in a lot of directions, and finally, like when I pushed back, you know, I could see like it wasn't. I don't know. It, like, it wasn't cool with them. And I was like, I don't know what you, what else you want me to do. I'm just trying to do my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if you remember this, but somebody got in my face maybe the day before I got let go. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tried I, – I, what I wanted to say to that person was, like, I'm just trying to do my job, you know, as best as I can. But I knew I was going to get some flack if I said anything back because, like, I just felt like, – I, I just felt like I was being set up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, you think it's the same thing, like – it's just a little bunch of little things, and they're like, yeah, let's just get rid of this kid. Well, what I mean by bunch of little things, I don't mean, like, a bunch of little things you've done. I think mm-hmm. just a bunch of little things in multiple places, such mm-hmm. as, like, the production managers. Kind of seems like they were blaming you for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, That one time you forgot lunch for, like, the star. You did that? I don't even remember that I did that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Yes. Yeah, that did happen because yeah. I was, yeah, again, I was so focused on the other th- Which happened. Other I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I won't lie to you. I think so. That's that was what, what upper management was on my ass about. Because they're like, dude, like, you know, what the fuck is going on with this, this, and that? And I'm like, you try to track this guy down. You know how hard it is to track this motherfucker down? But at the same time, I think uh, I hate to admit that like other people are right sometimes. But I think the, the person that was in, in charge of us. I think I didn't understand what she told me at the time because at the time she told me like those aren't those those people aren't your friends right or this this and that right. and I was like wow that is one hell of a way to work your way through this industry it's like I don't think that like you can be friends with everybody because there's so many people involved right in like making something but at the same time I was like I think there's a way to be genuine with people but to do to go as far as making everybody like. Not an enemy, but, like, a potential enemy. I was like, I think that's the wrong way to go about business. But I think what she was trying to tell me, now in hindsight, is don't get too caught up in, like, that angle of it, right? Because I think I did. Because at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know. Like, I was kind of willing to ride for for those people. I was like, I like these people. These are my people, and I'm going to take care of them. And I almost, like... I didn't see, like, them as, like, the enemy at all, but I was just, like, clearly you guys aren't interested in, like, anything that I'm trying to do for these people. So, like, 
And then I, I think you remember that I had my whole qualm about that. I was like, oh, I think I'm safe to say this because we haven't said what this thing is. Mm-hmm. But like I, those people were like clearly being used. And I was like, dude, like, and we even heard, I, I, I remember telling you that I heard something on the radio and I was like, dude, like, how could you say that? I think like, you told me that too. That, that's just so the opposite of I think how we're used to working yeah it's but I like, think that's also like a big difference between working with people that you mm-hmm. know and you already care about versus yeah. like a job like this I guess it's true because like you just can hear people kind of talking shit yeah because if we were to do something like that I would be upfront about it I'd mm-hmm. be like listen your role here is very specific so don't get caught up in like trying to like be out there we're in control of that I would have made that extremely clear to them, but there seemed to be like confusion on purpose to their purpose of being there. And like, they were having fun clearly, but like, it sounded kind of mean. It, I think it was like, I think because they thought their idea was so precious, they inadvertently were mean about that. But even still like their actions, like around other things that they did around us, was still like not cool yeah (laughs) so we're like uh but i had we had some good times man what was your whole thing about that did you just like did they just tell you to stop coming or like or what for the for what we're working on because after i got let go i don't or i guess not let go i guess let go implies that they couldn't afford me or something (laughs) no they fired me how long were you there for after i left or you got transferred, show. right? To the end of the show. Yeah. Oh, to the, you were there to the end of the show? God damn, look at you. You know, I actually didn't even show up to the last day. The day before the last day. Really? I legit said, fuck this. I don't want to work here anymore. Really? Damn. So I told the production manager, I'm done. Wow. wow. Good oh. for you, though. Yeah. I don't know. Respect. Yeah. Nah, I mean... I kind of wish I still got one more day, but <laughs> <laughs> I got a pretty banging you job go- right after. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You were running high for a little bit there. Yeah, I remember when I got fired. I thought it was at the end of the world. I was like, man, I'm never going to have it as good as I did. And I still haven't really gotten a deal that good yet, but I've gotten really close, like, mm-hmm. like to the point where I was like, you know what? It's not the end of the world. There's other things out there for sure. I don't know, man. Just the journey's tough, man. It is. It's, it's always tough. I, you know, what I, was th- I was talking to. I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but I told them that like, because they're in the same. We're all in the same industry, really. Whoever comes on this podcast, but I was telling them there are kind of like two types of PAs that get hired, like uh, anywhere, really. Well, I think it's more specific to here because I've never been in LA to work. But around here, there's, like, two types. There's, like, the kind that, like, get hired to get used. And, like, some people are really nice about that, which is fine, which is totally fine. If it's, like, hey, it's, like, last minute, be here at this time. Uh, Thanks for being here. Bye. Like, that's totally fine. But the other kind of PA that there is is, like, somebody, like, sees potential in you. And then they're, like, you know what? Like, let's take you under our wing. Like, let's do that. Those are so much harder to find. And that's what everybody's trying to find. Because it's so easy to just, like, go somewhere. Go from, job. like, job to job to yeah, job. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I do, you know? Yeah. I just go from job to job, and, like, I'm like, whatever, just make money and keep going. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, what's your experience with that? I mean, if you just go job to job as a PA, the problem is that you're going to end up as a PA at every single job, right? Right, yeah. So, and I don't want to, like, talk smack about being a PA or anything. No, no, no. we're all at this age, but it's no one's desire to be a PA, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not end goal. Definitely not. Yeah. And yeah. there's a reason why there's no PA union either, because nobody stays as a PA. Yeah. And the one that there is is actually like a scam. I heard. Like, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like a. That is really shitty. It's not like a. It's not like a legit scam, but it's like a. They run it like a legit business, right, or whatever, like a union. But like your dues, if you don't work your work yourself to death, the dues like will just eat you to death. <laughs> like, like we'll just take all your money. Essentially, is what wow. it is. And it's in. A, I heard it's in L.A. Yeah. Uh, that's an anecdote, by the way. I don't know that, but I've heard that there's a union out there that does that to PAs, and it's like the only one too, because it's not worth it to join yeah. a P, a union as a PA. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I got pretty lucky with my. With my stint, my stunts last year, mm-hmm. like honestly, like my journey literally goes from like doing De Anza, like 
like those little crappy little short films that I did, right? Yeah, yeah. We all did that. Yeah. 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 I went from doing that to landing on Shang Chi as my first PA set. Yeah, right. dude. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Right after that, I landed on a pretty big YouTuber, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that set. And after mm-hmm. that, I got employed by him. Mm-hmm. In three moves, I got to like where a lot of people like will wish to be in, in a couple of years, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm so tired, dude. Fucking tiring. And yeah, it's super tiring. It's not like a linear process. You, you can be going up and then you have to demote for a little bit and then go exactly. back up. And yeah, I actually just got off a gig that was like two and a half weeks long, just about. And it was cool because like this person keeps calling me back. So I know that they trust me. I know that I know that there's kind of always a job there for me if I need to go there. The only thing that got me was that like, it's like a uh, film adjacent. So it is film technically, but it's just not in this type of stuff that I want to do. Cause I want to work in television and narrative, uh, narrative television. Right. That's like me and you. Yeah. But at this job, I'm like, fuck, you know, I like being there because like people trust me enough to have me around. They act, they like me from what I've heard, but it's one of those things where I'm like, dude, like, I know I'm going to be a PA if I just stay here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I'm like, oh, man, like, I like all those people. But the thing is, like, after I got off the gig, which was like not even that long ago, it was on Wednesday I got off this gig. I was just like super burnt. I was like, dude, I need like a week off. You know what I mean? To just sleep. Like, and it wasn't even that demanding of a job. It's just like, you know, it, it weighs on your soul. You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah. It just makes me wonder, like, man, like, if I'm getting tired out this early, right? Yeah. Do I have what it takes to keep on going in the future? Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny you say that because, like, I think the key to that is, like, I'm not even saying I have the answer, right? All I'm saying is that, like, for, for, like, me, the thing that keeps me going is literally, like, my work with Ariel and my work with Daniel because both of them, there's, like, different goals with both projects, like, we have an end goal for ourselves, right? Like, way down the line. Yeah. And with Daniel, it's a more immediate goal. So I'm always, like, I think those are the things that keep me going. I just had a conversation with Daniel this morning about that, where I was, like, we were both we were both saying literally the same thing. Where we were, like, fuck, dude, we're so tired. Like, and it's not even because, like, it's hard work. It's just, that, like, it's it gets bearing on us just a little bit. And you I was, have like. have to keep, keep at it. Yeah. Stop. yeah. I think like you, like you and I, we, we still have like our sort of immediate goals too, even just by doing this, yeah, you know, exactly. like just so that we keep working on something and then our sketches and we're just kind of trying to work up to a point where we can, where, where we are in a place where we can accomplish that, the, the end goal yeah. that we have in mind. Exactly. Um, but it's just like, we can't really rest until we, we get to that point. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I don't mind not resting when it comes to our things or you know, Daniel's or anyone else's because I so once in a while I'll produce something for somebody else. But I think that's, that's, those are the things that keep me going. And like, I think I'm su- uh, that's what I told Daniel is that I'm super pro- privileged because I have a luxury that not everybody has, which is that like I have I happen to have a support system that I can heavily lean on if I don't want to work yeah. like as mm-hmm. it, like i can always mm-hmm. go back to being a pa and trying to find opportunities and connections like and i made connections like you know what i mean they're just like connections of like the highest caliber that i can't touch though you know what i mean it's like stuff that like i have to have a silver bullet for it uh if i if i can even try and touch it um or even attempt to touch it is what i meant to say um and you know i you know i'm usually maybe half the time I'm the executive producer for like everything that like we do. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't have pockets, man, but like shit costs money. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, I almost just work to like pay off the debt and finance projects. Like that's literally where my money goes. And then everything in between, like, you know, Mm -hmm. eating out or doing other things like that. But, but yeah, I don't know. Like, do you like, so I, I didn't even mean to cut you off, but like you were saying something about like, like if you're feeling already burnt out like at this point, like, I don't know, what what were you thinking? Like, what was your course of action uh, or what are you thinking of? I don't know, man. It's just, yeah. it's just so bleak, right? To be honest. It feels like that moments. sometimes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cause like being a PA or any, any role that has the word assistant in it, mm-hmm. you're on a 
automatically like delegate to this role of like subservience to whoever's signing so your paycheck. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's really up to the company's policy and like the company's like culture to like not take advantage of that, right? Yeah. yeah. Some places I heard are pretty nice about it. They oh don't my god. Step on you while film industry is like pretty notorious for like stepping on those when they can yeah, yeah. dude i had this gig that uh i st- I, I had talked about it last week mm. but i didn't i still haven't gotten paid for it and it's a huge paycheck too sure. it's not like something i can just let go um but literally for that gig, and it was at the time that i was doing it it was so fun it was like stuff that i didn't think i was like you know like I went on a boat. Like, I don't go on boats, mm. man. Like, it wasn't even a fancy-ass boat, but it was, like, a boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I got to go out into the Pacific. Like, it was really fun. But, dude, it's so funny. Like, I never felt more felt like a PA because, like, literally the producer who was on it, uh, we, we were working with a drone, right? And so I don't know if you guys know this about drones, but they need a flat surface to, like, land. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the ocean, the boat is going, like, it's rocking back and forth, right? So there's no flat surface for it to land. So he had to literally catch it out of midair. And so literally I, my job uh, on top of like, I was even doing more than PA duties. Like, to be honest with you, I'm not going to complain and say that I should have gotten paid more or whatever. It is what it is. But like, I was doing way more than a PA should. Like I was changing lenses. I was like, you know, running camera gear for them. And dude, I had to hold. So the producer would get up on the boat like on this platform and he would stand and I had to hold him by his pants while he like <laughs> leaned on my head, like for balance. Oh, and at shit. the time, like, you know, I thought I was getting paid for it. So I was like, you know, it is what it is. But now I look back on that. I'm like, damn, you, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. I did that shit for free, basically <laughs> yeah. to this point in time. Like, yeah, I was like, fuck, I'm literally underneath this person right now <laughs> holding them up. That's yeah. So I get I get what you're saying. It's very symbolic. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I think what doesn't help is that like if like you can please cut me off if I'm wrong. Like I just I do remember though, like I think um you were there for a while and I think what didn't help is that like the environment itself wasn't like very good. I'm not gonna say it was like the worst. But it wasn't conducive to, like, those conversations with people that made you feel human. At least not when I was there. Like, I remember, like, when I was there, I was like, man, I'm really, like, unit 005 here. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. There was definitely a kind of, like, a... Man, man, my voice is really hoarse. Do you have any water? Oh, uh, yeah. I can go get your water here. Hold on. Uh, Yeah. I'll just keep it running. Yeah, no worries. Hello, this is Nurin Saturday's information. He lives on... <laughs> His social security number is... One, two, three. Four, five. Six, eight. He's two numbers short. That's, that's just <laughs> how it is for him for some reason. So uh, what made you like decide one day, like, fuck it, I'm going to do a podcast with my best friend, Robert? Um, I don't remember exactly when. I guess, well, it was last year, and I think... You know, it was probably triggered by not being able to finish that pilot we were working on Uh. because the pandemic started. And then I was just like, let's write some sketches. And then we were like, well, he asked about our origin story for this project. I was just saying it was because like our pilot fell through. The funniest part about that is that like three other podcasts spawned out of that literally desperation to like do something. It was this one, and then I'm not crazy, right? Like Narain started one with somebody. Uh, well, Narain tried with Ethan right. and Ariel. Yes. Okay. So yeah, they, they tried one. Then I we I don't know if you were really part of that one, but I tried to start one with like the film gossip. Guys? All yeah, yeah all yeah, the yeah, film yeah. gossip people. Yeah, you you played an episode for me once. I remember. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, it was such a fun podcast. But the thing is, like, it was so inconsistent. Like, mm-hmm. we would record episodes here and there, and like you did it over Discord. Yeah. Which, like, that was something that we tried at first, and mm-hmm. then it was, it was um, I think, like, we had just a lot of sound quality issues. Yes, not only that, but, like, when I recorded with, um, I, w- I mean, obviously Amateur Hour, but, like, when I recorded with everybody from Film Gossip, which is what we call that group of people, just so to clarify. But, yeah, when we recorded with Film Gossip, the one thing I didn't take into account was that everybody, one, had a different microphone, and two, they had it yeah. set at a different level. Oh, yeah. So it took me forever to edit the first episode because I was literally going through, like, the waveforms and, like, 
like keyframing mm-hmm. every spike and then bringing it down. So like I had to, I had to like do that for the entire one and a half hour podcast. It took me a week because I'm fucking not that great at editing. Um, and then I was like, cool, let's do another episode. We recorded like four more episodes after that. So there's a total of five unreleased episodes that we did. The fifth one being the best one though. Like, Oh my God. Like we touched on so many things. Like we talked about our childhoods and all of our childhood (laughs) traumas. And on top of that, we talked about like, like, uh, like the use of like social justice language. And then on top of that, like somebody had a question about like, Something about trans... You told me about that, yeah. I can't... That actually, you... I think that was... Um, can I talk about what bothered me? Because yeah, I, th- I think it was just like... Because um, one of the people on the podcast was yeah. getting nervous about even asking questions. They were and that's, really that's, scared. That's yeah. the thing, whereas, like, I hate that we're at that point where, yeah. like... You know, my, my community is making everyone else afraid to even ask questions. Yeah, Or even, like, like, have... Uh, cognitive dissonance about anything yes the then the origin for that was that we have a friend that like it, um we could have asked you to come on just to like to clarify questions but i mean i probably f- i probably still would have given the answers that people <laughs> would have preferred true but yeah no, I, no i probably wouldn't have been a good choice for that i think it's yeah. just like the thing is um a lot of the inner community kinds of mm-hmm. stuff and like the lingo and all mm-hmm. the new that come out yeah it gives people cognitive dissonance because they're like oh wait i thought this was okay like last week mm-hmm. and the thing about that is people don't like having cognitive dissonance like if something doesn't align with like their lived experiences of course they're going to ask questions about it yeah so but then if we discourage questions about it we're kind of just forcing a bunch of people to be like just take our words for it yeah you know just believe what we say I remember one of the biggest things was that like somebody was supposed to be there to mediate that conversation because mm-hmm. they were a part of that community. And then they had a commitment come up. So like they weren't there for it. But then like me being the person that I am, I was like, why don't you shut the fuck up and actually yeah. just ask your question? <laughs> You're really funny. Yeah. Um, and I, then I think the thing about that is like, I feel you guys shouldn't have to have like supervision mm-hmm. to talk about that. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's like we, we listen, you know, to, these podcasts where they, you know, a bunch of straight guys talking about these kinds of things and straight yeah. women talking about these kinds of things. And they don't hold back because obviously, yeah. you, you it's know, like, it's like, it's what, like uh, asking yeah. questions about like the Jewish community and like being like, oh, we don't have a Jewish person here. So we can't like ask this question. That's yeah. basically the equivalent of like what was happening there. Yeah. Which is what made me realize it was so ridiculous. I was like, what? Like we can ask the questions. And, and you know, it's like, you, as a Jewish person, too, it's yeah. like I sort of, because I know I'm ignorant about a lot of cultures and stuff that I'm not a part of. Mm-hmm. And if I want people to give me grace when I'm still learning things, I yeah. give them grace if they don't understand Jewish stuff. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like what is yeah. put out the kind of grace you would like to receive. Yeah. But so yeah, if that people was ask that. questions, I think they should ask questions. Yeah, of course. Even if I'm not there to like guide them. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a wild. Uh, we, I think it turned in, like for like five seconds. I think it turned into an argument, and it was like per, it was wow. be- it was beautiful to listen. It was kind to. of your fault. <laughs> I remember it, it, told, it, it was totally my fault. I was trying to like I was trying. And I don't even mean that in a bad way. I no, think you're really even. funny when you kind of like push things. I like was that, like, yeah. I, it was one of the few moments where I was being recorded and I actually pushed the envelope because I was like, man, because I, I think I was just getting so mad. Mm-hmm. Not mad, but like, I was just like, man, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? So I, yeah. just, I just kept pushing it in that direction. I don't think it was even just being mean. It's just like no. when we hear like, because, you know, you're talking to a bunch of your friends and when you mm-hmm. hear a bunch of your friends um, holding themselves back, mm-hmm. when they're your friends, you want them to be able to speak freely. So even yeah. if you get kind of mean about it, you kind of push them to be like, no, just say what you're mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah. Is you want that for them. You want them to be able to talk and say what they mean. Yeah. And if they say something kind of sideways in that moment, then... Uh, you just talk maybe, about it. Maybe reevaluate why you're there. Well, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like super sideways. And it's like, oh, I did not know that about you. But see, but, they asked their question and it, that didn't happen. I was like, that's a perfectly fine question to ask. Yeah. And be confused about. Um, a lot of it is confusing. Unless the, it the wasn't. I'm throwing confusing. them under the bus right now. Like, then fuck yeah. that person if they their question <laughs> was bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I love that person, and, and they shouldn't be ashamed to ask questions. Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so sorry. Going back to I, that whole thing was recorded, so we'll use that. But like, well, we'll use that. That was fun. Yeah. So we were saying, or I was telling you that, like, for me, like the path to not get because I'm already at that point where I'm like, fuck, I'm already burnt out, and I asked myself that question, like, where if I already feel like this now, like, what then? And it's like, I took a second to think about it. And I was like, well, I have all these other things that like, again, because I have the privilege to take time off. Like, this is what I'll do with that time. Because this is just as valuable to me as working as a PA. You know what I mean? And that's what I was asking you is like, where, where do you see yourself like putting, like, I've, I've, I don't want to assume too much, but I feel like you're in the same position as I am. Now that I got your water. <laughs> What's the question? Oh, shit. Uh, like, what? what I'm what, sorry. What do you, do you have, do? like, any, like, passion projects or something oh. you want to put time aside for? Yeah, because like, you're feeling that burnt out feeling, you know? What yeah, I mean? like, like what, what where do, do you want to redirect your energy? Well, it seems like uh, Narain actually uh, wants to do something. Hit me up this morning saying oh. that Narain Saturday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guy. He um, yeah, he hit me up saying that uh, he's talking to me about doing some sort of like passion project. Oh, nice. Oh, that's right. He yeah. did. He did tell me. He called me right before you got here, uh, or right before I went to go pick her. Can I clarify real quick. I do know who Narain is. Yeah. <laughs> We've mentioned him in like every no, episode. No, 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 no. Let's cut that out and make sure that he feels like you don't know who he is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Narain. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I think uh, I think you guys already know what the subject is going to be about. It's about that story that we've been being. Death. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, that's, oh that's God, like that's, that's like that's what serious status, right? Like you guys have that first short film out, and then you made a sequel, or? Well, okay. So this is the story of Rick. Mm-hmm. I'm stealing your time. I, I'm yeah. doing I it. Do it, do it, do it. Because I was gonna <laughs> let Rain tell it, but <laughs> all right. Tell so, the synopsis. Mm. To be fair to Rain, okay. No, I'll tell you how the the idea of Rick was born. Gotcha. So one day. I was taking a nap on Deanne's benches, like I always do every day, because I went to school from the 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. In the film department? Yeah. That was so cozy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, like, benches, underground right? yeah, You hallways. could find people f- sleeping on those all mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was napping there, and then uh, Rain just rudely awakens me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's up, Narain? He's like, you want to you wanna part in my short? I was like, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. That's so indicative of that department. You literally <laughs> yeah. would walk around and just ask people, hey, 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 uh, are you free, like, for five minutes? Can you be in this thing? <laughs> exactly. So I showed up. It was a script written by Noah. You, remember, you guys remember? Yeah. Noah Marshall. Yeah. 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 And uh, I love that guy. Well, we, we filmed for one day, and after that, we never filmed again. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then Narain picked that script up and made mm-hmm. it his own. Right, right, right. He, he rewrote it. it. Yeah, he yeah. rewrote it. It was a little art housey, the first in the revision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, you know, definitely Noah's it's kind of no one's Dude, yeah, you know yeah. who was really art housey? Yeah. Uh, the PC. guy. Yeah, dude. He was one of the characters. Oh, I think I think I remember. He was like the main and like main, maniacal director, right? He was like no, that's his own short. Oh, that was his own short. Okay, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And he like walked around the like I was so eccentric. Track field naked. Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember <laughs> that. Carrying the cross. Yeah, I remember that carrying the cross around Deanza. That was funny. He also made that movie. He I mean, it was weren't you in it? He made a movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. He made a movie about like smoking being good for you. Uh, no, I was not in that one. No, okay. I do think I know you talked. Yeah, about. it was such a good short film. A lot of like, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, all those projects were just indicative of all the talent that came out of there. I have such I mean? a soft spot, like looking back on those kinds of things. Yeah, the Deanza era. That yeah. was a good time. Even when Narain shows me like your guys' old films, like I'm like, oh my god, there's so much potential there. Like, you can just tell mm-hmm. these people that you guys are like. Uh, just like you know meant to make, make something silly like this, this is amazing Dude, yeah, even like our old why. class projects like I, I was cleaning out my google drive last mm-hmm. week and i found some of the ones we did for amy's class oh, the like yeah, yeah the really oh yeah, yeah the, the really short ones that we had to do like on the spot in class yeah and even then it's like you can really see like our our kinds of humor uh, yeah our exactly or yeah, it comes flows. right out of there. Definitely. It's always been the same. We're, we have not changed much, I guess. But <laughs> just like our ability to actually make things yeah. has been better. Yeah. But you can see it. But yeah, you were saying that um, you guys shot for like a minute or two and then it stopped? Yeah, we stopped. And after that, Noreen did his own rendition mm-hmm. where I was another character again in that role. Yeah. And then by the third rendition, this mm-hmm. is when I actually got to be a part of the behind the camera now, I actually wrote the script with him. Mm-hmm. 
honestly, I think that was the best version, honestly. Yeah. Because we were actually able to like take our time almost. Mm -hmm. It was still a rush job. No shot list, no nothing. You know, it's really run and gun type situation. Mm -hmm. No location scouting, no audio check, nothing. Just Mm -hmm. show up and shoot. Damn. But I think Noreen wants to do that premise again, but this time with an actual budget. I see. Like, well, I mean, you saw like the thing he made for the 48 hour film project, right? I mean, oh, I still need to see it. That okay? Oh yeah, I gotta ask him for it for us. But I really um, want to see. He's you know his writing has gotten so good. That's like yes, not only yeah. has it gotten good, but like that through that festival and also other things that like other people have been doing, like him and Daniel, I could like the caliber of their work just keeps going up. Exactly. And I'm always like, oh my god, these guys are so good. I love their stuff. Especially, yeah, Noreen. Yeah, I was I was so proud of Noreen because his writing did has gotten better. Yeah. Clearly, like through mm-hmm. the, through watching that movie, he, it's like it's like I don't know. All these guys that we know, they just do not quit. Like they're always finding always a way doing to something. improve their stuff, yeah. and it it shows. Oh my, and that's so indicative too, because like Daniel, I don't know if you saw that he came out with like this project called P. Um, but like he's like been taking he's been trying to get it into festivals and stuff and finally something paid off like yeah. he's like a finalist for like some some festival yeah, happening yeah. On the, it's, uh, it's a selection in like a couple yeah. festivals and he made that with like Josh another writer, writer friend of ours um, he made it with him and it was like shot within a day yeah yeah I think they only had one pickup shot but that was it. Like they shot it in a day, and obviously it took forever to edit like that well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just really impressive. It's like holy shit! Like these guys are so fucking good at telling a good story. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it keeps you engaged. But that's that's yeah. It, like you you, you guys are gonna you want to you and Rain want to get together and like take that to the next level. Like come back to it and uh, revitalize the the wreck series or. I guess so, but this time it's mm-hmm. more of a spinoff where I actually mm-hmm. wrote a spinoff during the during the pandemic. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, we had obviously we can't meet up in a, in a school anymore to right. shoot, right. shoot yeah. anymore. So yeah. I wrote a pandemic edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I don't know why Noreen likes the script so much, but he <laughs> thinks he's the best, so uh-huh. he wants to finance that one. I mean, it's be- I think he likes it so much because he knows that there's something in there. Mm-hmm. It's like um, I'm trying to equate it to anything we've done, like. Uh, I feel like my sketches have been really, like, catering mostly to us and our sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Or I I kind of feel like um, maybe they're, you know, like, maybe they suck shit, right? But I feel like just... (laughs) But they're funny funny to us. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's like when, like, we... When we all send each other stuff and we really like it and when we do it anyway and we have a good experience making it, that's yeah. like the reason why I like doing it. Oh my god, that was so much fun making the last couple like sketches. People might not get it, but we do. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. most of what matters to me. Oh my god. I, I think that I think what's motivating me the most to like get that finished is the shot is like I was never I was so proud of myself when I did it when we were on set. Mm-hmm. But there's this shot of her like uh, it's supposed to be like this really campy setup of like a show that's like almost it's like a like it's almost like you're looking at a show that's being shot in her house. It's so weird. Yeah. And like ha- like maybe midway through it, that there's a tonal shift in the entire mm. thing. Like because Narain plays a, a fairy in it. Uh, like a uh, this a literal fairy, fairy. A, liter- <laughs> a literal fairy. Yes, by the way, for anyone who thinks I'm like anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, Literally, there's a tonal shift when uh, because she tries to jump in, and then Noreen's character is like, yeah. "What are you fucking?" We have doing? a musical number. Yeah, um, and then like the camera angle shifts mm-hmm. to this like handheld shot that looks crazy as fuck. It's so, and then like Noreen just like backhands the shit out of Ariel, and it becomes it's like this whole action sequence. That's it just starts handheld. moving really fast, and it's it's so fun to yes. do. Oh my god! And, like, I don't know, like, in the end, maybe you were the only people who think it's yeah, awesome. I felt like a I maniac, just... like, directing that. I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. So like, fun. <laughs> yeah, especially, like, uh, having that, like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Noreen or Daniel, but I love having a handheld. Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan does this, too, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he having a, I don't know, wait, maybe this is the wrong director, but I love having a handheld monitor. So, like, you can have it with you and, like, look directly at an image that you're shooting. Because that's what helped me shoot that. I was, like, just looking at you 
um, like being slapped around on camera. I was Which like, oh. was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I think we got <laughs> I it. I really want to see because I know like Sam got footage of it from like a different angle too. Oh my gosh, yes. That. Yeah. I want to just to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think doing that will definitely, I don't know. Every time I go back to do things like that, I think I get like my passion back. Uh, even if it's fleeting, like I think personally, my my feelings towards like this, all this stuff is like, it's almost like I've never been in a relationship, but what I equate it to is like, I've, I've heard from people, right. That when you're with somebody for a long time, like that passion that you first had might not be there. Uh, like you have flares of that passion, but more than anything, you have this companionship with this person. And I feel like that's what this, this shit is to me is that like, Oh, like, I will, I have a deep love for it. Mm -hmm. So like, I just need that passion to like happen once in a while. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Because like, I, I always like, even if it changes in the future, I'm okay with that. But for in this moment in time, I know that I'm in the right place at the right time doing the things that I want to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I just need those moments to like keep me going is like being on set with you guys and just doing our own stuff. But yeah, that's cool, man, that you guys are going to be working on that. When do you have do you... A, a plan moving forward with it? Or are mm -hmm. you still going to do like the pandemic style kind of uh, setup? Not not much as of right now. I think uh, for now, we're just going to be contacting some writers. Nice. Yeah, I think um, he wants to fully outsource every single aspect. That's of fun. Production. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's so much fun. Yeah. Like, that's why I love producing. Because you get just like, especially at this stage, because like I'm not at the level where I, I can like pay people, but I am at the level where like I know people to do certain jobs. And I love having a big set. I love having a compartmentalized being like, oh, go, go ask this person this question. It's, that's their department or whatever. Having things come back to me and like Delegating. managing everything. Yes, yeah. it's so much fun because. And then on top of that, having a writing staff is amazing. Like, especially one that clicks well. Because, like, we went through that phase where we were trying to find writers for this project that we were working on. Yeah. And it was, like, I think we went through, like, a total of four staffs before yeah. we... And, and then we, like, it was it was steady for, like, a while after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, that yeah, no, just, like, a lot of... Yeah. Stuff. And even when it, even when it was steady, like it wasn't like it was didn't last that long. Like yeah. we just like yeah. But also like that was a big learning experience for me just because I I, Super. I did not really know what I was doing. I mm -hmm. like when I look back on it, it I kind of beat myself up about it because like mm -hmm. trying to lead a writing room for the first time when I like I probably wasn't ready. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> you know it was it was like a lot. So I, I feel kind of embarrassed looking back. But then mm -hmm. I guess it's like everyone goes through that yeah you have to do everything for the first time at least once definitely yeah, definitely who's on your staff no one confirmed so far but so far Noreen's the director i'll be the executive producer okay damn you're front you're front money for this bitch oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're spending big bucks yeah. Nice. yeah we're thinking like five digits you think it's gonna be like a series wow or five digits Damn. We're okay. Go, we're gonna try to go. We're gonna try to go big on this one. You're gonna okay. crowdfund or? Nope. Out of your pocket. Straight out of pocket. Fuck. Okay. Good for you, man. Yeah. Well, it'll be thanks to Noreen and my dad. So thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so shout, out. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to the people who make it possible. Shout out to Mr. Saturday and Mr. Lee. Dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'll be throwing in like my friends own my own funds as well, and um. Mm. I don't know. Let's go from there, I guess. Yeah. I think I'm meeting out with them tomorrow. Yeah. Talk some shit over. Honestly, it's always, it's it's fine to be in that spot where you're like, let's go from here. That's what I've learned through doing all this stuff. Sometimes you do need a plan and it's like not good enough to be like, yeah, we'll see what happens. But like once you have something semi-established and you're like, okay, this is our plan. It's totally okay to be in that place where you're like, well, let's see where this goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. if you if you know you're gonna have funding, that's amazing. Damn, is that something you like submit to festivals or? I don't know to be honest. I really don't even know if Noreen wants to like make this like into a public thing, mm. or if he just wants to keep it for ourselves. Um, I see. 
Well, hey, you want you wanted to be here for a long time. Is there something that you wanted to talk about specifically? I feel like we've been talking all business. Usually we're yeah. more, like, we're a little yeah. more lighthearted than this. Yeah, it's been a pretty serious talk. I know. But... I'm so sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to, I didn't even mean to turn it into that. But it's your guys' platform. I'm just happy to be on it. Yeah. Foreignering. <laughs> if you want to go on about career goals, I can go on my monsters spiel. It's been building up for a few days. Sure. I yeah yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. Okay. Okay, strap in. Okay. So, <laughs> you guys, uh, are, are you aware that Rob Zombie made a Monsters movie that came out this week? So it's like a reboot of the original Monsters series. I I think I heard it's like of a prequel you to the entire it. series. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. So, um, fun fact about me: really big on the Monsters, really big on like old television and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that Rob Zombie was making it, mm-hmm. um. This was, this is like literally this past Tuesday. And that was like the day where I spent the whole time like figuring out how to edit the last podcast we did. Mm-hmm. And when I finished, I was like, I'm going to order some Chinese food and I'm going to watch the Monsters movie that just came out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I'm ready to have a bad time. <laughs> it was <laughs> like the, the trailer came out and it was so ugly, right? Like it was, um, it looked so cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was like all this green screen, these tacky colors and, um, you know, Sherry Moon zombies, Lily, people had no faith in her. Oh my God. And so I was like going into this being like, okay, it's going to be another bad monsters reboot, like the third one so far. And Fuck. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get mad tonight. So <laughs> I, I sat down and I ended up really liking it. Oh, really? I, okay. Because it was life. so bad or because it was not like, even because, but really? I realized I watched this and I realized I'm the exact target niche audience oh my God. for this movie it was made specifically for me uh-huh. like freaks like me who know the entire series backwards and forwards who can tell like all of these because like I, I was watching it and from beginning to end i could see all these things i recognized from like actual episodes of the show mm-hmm. like uh, i don't know if you saw the trailer but like lily she goes on a date and she's wearing this big like huge Russian style fur hat. That's from the episode when she was a fashion model for like an episode. Interesting. And wow, they went deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. There was like a a joke that um, you know, they're they're on an airplane and then the flight attendant like puts on a parachute and jumps out because she's so scared of them. Mm -hmm. There was a Car Fifty Four reference. They referenced Car Fifty Four, which if you know. That was because, like, Fred. Okay, so Fred Gwynn. <laughs> Fred, Fred Gwynn was the original Herman Munster in the 60s series. Okay. And that was, like, his biggest TV role, but his, like, original breakout TV role was in this show called Car 54, Where Are You? And oh. he was, he played this police officer, and he had this uh, police officer partner, and their car was Car 54. So whenever, like, dispatch would call them, they'd be like, Car 54, where are you? Okay. And so then, like, in the original series, there's a joke where they, um, you know, like, Herman and Grandpa Munster have this emergency. And then Herman's like, uh, call the police, call fi- the FBI, car 54, where are you? Mm-hmm. So they put that in there for the people in the 60s who just saw that show. And wow. then Rob Zombie puts the exact same joke in the movie for freaks like me who weren't even like anywhere <laughs> near born when the show came out. But it still got the reference. And like as all this stuff was going on, I realized like I was having so much fun. Uh-huh. And I was, you know, it was... I had a good time. Like, I, I remember I read some reviews recently where people were like, it's such a long movie. Like, why is it so long? And I remember, like, I was shocked when it ended because it went by really? so fast for me. Damn. Right? Wow. It was, like, three hours or? It was, like, a little under two hours. Oh, okay. And oh, basically, like, right. you know, like, as a movie, I get it's bad because it's, mm-hmm. like. Wait, is it, like, a student film or, like, like, a good one where it's, like, shot really shittily, but the story, like, took you away and it was, like, No, amazing. no, it's kind of the opposite. Like, it's, um... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think, because, like, the thing with, like, shows in the 60s is, like, uh-huh. they were really cheap. Like, okay, right. especially things like The Adams Family or The Monsters, they were really cheap. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they, you know, they... Rob Zombie, he obviously brought that in where he's, like, you know, the kind of really obvious green screens and, like, the cheap special effects and, like, you know, the little bats and rats mm-hmm. uh, dragged by strings across the floor and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then it was, like, all the actors, their impressions were, like, pretty spot on of the characters. Really? Like, even Sherry Moon Zombie, like, she was not the best Lily Munster impression I've seen, but mm-hmm. far from the worst. You know, like, okay. she she did it. Um <laughs> You know, it like it uh, really worked for me, and um, basically the the movie works like it's not 
it's not really a movie because it sort of works like an extra long monsters episode where like there's kind of a little conflict but then it like resolves by itself at the end basically like there isn't much <laughs> tension right going on it's like a 60s tv show right but then like i got to the end of the movie and realized i had fun and i was like this is kind of like rob zombie is basically accomplishing what i want to get away with someday you know or is like because he's made he's made his career um you know with his music first mm-hmm. first yes. and foremost yeah, and then right. he was doing like uh House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects and all those scary movies mm-hmm. and the franchises that he built up. And yeah. Now, yeah, you can tell that he he really like those were like passion things. For exactly. Him. Yeah. yeah. So like he, he really knocked it out of the park with like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now he's at a point where you can make something that's like really specifically directed towards people like me who will get <laughs> all the jokes. And, that's you awesome. know, maybe everyone yeah, else will amazing. hate it, but it's not going to hurt him. And then I was like, mm-hmm. this is kind of where I want to end up. Gotcha. You know, where I, I like, he kind of already made the monsters movie that I can't make anymore. But, right, right. But I was that, just about to ask you if you were in that position, right? Like, say, say things work out for us, right? Mm-hmm. What would you go back and, like, make to be like, this is going to be, like, amazing. Just watch what I can do with this. That's series. the thing, though, because he kind of already took the monsters. I but yeah, I know that was a huge, that's a huge one for you. That that's you a would big totally, one for me. Yeah. Um, shoot. I'll have to think about that because I know I'm obsessed with like other things, but yeah. I just, you know, that that's just been on the top of my mind. What, what would you guys make? I was about to ask you. Yeah. What would you make, John? Like if you were successful, right. And people respected you in the industry and you were and like, you could just do something like you know that what? and it's, it wouldn't hurt you. You're like, it's time to bring back something. Like what would you bring back and like pour your heart and soul into it? I'm also trying to think too. I'm actually trying to think. Caught me off guard right there, man. No, you're good. You're good. I was gonna see, like, why you think I was gonna originally say the Power Rangers. Oh, that's Um, a good one. Yeah, like, like do like a rated R like type like action packed like kicking ass, killing people like doming them. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that kind of Power Rangers. Um, But I'm trying to think more and more like what really I would bring back. I don't know. It's well, so following hard. the cartoon trend, I definitely make more like a black and white noir version of Scooby Doo. Holy shit! That's yeah, actually and that, that's real. something that people keep trying to bring that's back, cool. like over and over. Oh my god, I know. But I feel like um, a black and white noir version sounds so cool, though. Yeah, wow, would you do it like wow. animated or like <laughs> live action? Make it make it live action and animated. Like, as in, like, you're going to have Scooby-Doo be, like, animated, but everything else live action, like the one yeah. with Freddie Prince Jr. in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, feel like th- I feel like, I'm not going to lie to you. I went back and watched, like, one of those a while back. Scooby-Doo doesn't look that bad, man. Yeah. Like, like the this... original cartoon show? No, 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 no. Or... Like, the one that came out in, like, 2006. Oh, no, no, oh, no. That yeah. one looks weird. That, one, that one's, like, some, like... Wait, no. They're a little I, weird. I, I actually think but... they look okay. And, like, but what I was going to say is that if you go remake it, like, in like 10, 20 years time, I feel like the CGI is so good like that you could actually make like a really passable, like respectable Scooby-Doo. But dude, I love the black and white, like the noir type thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That'd be so dumb. Would it be like a, like would it take place in the 60s or? Would it be a modern be like day modernized? One? I think, uh, yeah, modernized. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. want to make it wacky as possible, like a bunch of clashing tones. Gotcha, mm. but yeah. still Scooby Doo. Still Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There'll be there'll be like a gratuitous amount of gore and shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I love that. Bro, bro, yeah. <laughs> That would be interesting. Damn, you had me really thinking. Like, <laughs> I really, I really want to see Power. I want to keep Power Rangers, but I know I'm not that serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it, but like, I wouldn't. I don't it's know. More of a power Type of guy. Yeah. Oh, you know, they did try to remake that one recently. <laughs> yeah, they did? Yeah, yeah. There was a script that leaked and it was like nope. god awful. Oh, jeez. Where it's like, I guess. Um, How does our shit not get read, but shit like that gets read? You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> yeah, it was. God, it was, it was basically like from what I read, like the piece of the script that leaked, it was like a bunch of kind of older guys trying to write like. 21-year-old women. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That reminds me yesterday. So I was, uh, I told you earlier, I was with our friend uh, Christina and uh, Andre. Mm -hmm. And, like, I didn't tell you this part, but on the way back, I, because we were, like, talking about, like, the old shit, like, Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, actually, that was the only thing we were talking about. I was like, who has a Facebook nowadays? Like, you know, because, like, because of the nature of, like, 
our situation in film right now, like I'm talking about like us, not even wide in general. Like we know people who are at the university and stuff like that. And because of our connection to the university, we happen to know people who are actually up and coming from the university who are brand new. So -hmm. we're exposed to like people who are still like 19, 20. Right. It's like crazy. Cause like, Sometimes I think about it, like, I mean, I had this moment years ago, but I had it yet again, like, a couple of, like, weeks ago, where I was inviting people to a party, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're not even 21. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and, okay, context. It's Wait, not... what the fuck? Guys? I was about <laughs> no, 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 to no. say. No, no. I was just about to say. It's not It's not me being creepy or anything. It's just, like, we were throwing, like, a party because we had just People finished... we end up working with, because those are... Yeah, we had just finished filming something big with everybody, and also... Oh, whenever... it's a rap party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, like, a house party, and just going to, like, SJ... No, well, the local college. I was going to say, it doubled, it doubled as, like, Yolanda's going away party, and so... Oh. Like, yeah, that, and, every, of course, everybody loves Yolanda. Everybody knows Yolanda. Yeah. So, like, all those people got invited, but I remembered... I was like, holy shit, some of these people here are, like, way younger than us. Yo, yeah. funny story, um... Uh-huh. When I was showing up to Yolanda's going away party, right? Uh-huh. As I was walking through the gate, I could hear Nurin go like, shh, be quiet, shut up. <laughs> oh, that's so and funny, I immediately knew, oh, they're throwing a surprise for Yolanda. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So yeah. I was about to walk and make a huge, like, ruckus, like, hi, guys, mm. Yolanda. <laughs> your best Yolanda <laughs> but it was not the vibe. When I got yeah. there, everyone instantly glared at me. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to talk about that party much anymore, but, like, one thing I will say is that what's funny is that like it's still it still impacted her the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But what's so funny is that like she ruined her own surprise so early on. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because she's so nosy that like like if she gets a hint that you are doing something, she like immediately wants to know all the details about what's going on. And it was just like I kept giving her little crumbs. Yeah. And then eventually I just had to, you know, she made me feel so guilty about withholding information that like I just like I just um, told her most of it, but not all of it. It's hard yeah, to keep things from people like her. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. We'll take a we'll take a quick pause or whatnot. Okay, just make sure it's recording. Yeah, it's recording. Um, We're I'm still thinking, man. <laughs> I, it's so hard. What do I? I'm trying to think of the things that I know. Oh God, there's no context for me even starting this back up. Hold on. <laughs> We're still talking about like what we would bring back. Yes. Like what uh, do we love so much? Yeah, we just here. took a little break. Um, but, oh my God, I'm trying to think of something that I know a lot about that I can just start spewing knowledge about. Oh, oh, I'm going to bring it back, but I actually, I'm already, I'm already like super, super back burner. I didn't say like working on something about world war one because I love, oh, well, I mean, I don't love war. But <laughs> <laughs> it's so dark, but, uh, I love like the the geopolitical story behind World War One. Mm-hmm. Like it's so it's so much people being stupid about you know it's just hubris all around. Especially because like apparent like the short very short of it was that like people at that time right it it had been a second just a second not even that long before somebody had like a really big war and obviously you know the industrial revolution we're at the t- tail end of it so like. There's a new technology, so people are like flexing. They're like, you know what? I got, I got all these amazing weapons that we could just fight this war with, and it's like people because like they didn't experience war like on a global scale for for ever. Like it was the first time that had happened. People were like so blasé about like let's just start a war. Like what's the big deal? <laughs> and it's like, well. It's a big deal, you know what I mean? Like, so many people die. But there's so many interesting stories that came out of that, like, era. And regardless of, like, not regardless, but, like, yes, including Franz Ferdinand, but, like, other shit. Like, I think, like, the really backburner idea that I'm working on uh, is, like, the the, the journal of this Mexican-American soldier who fought for the United States. Yeah. And, like, he his whole unit was, like, a Mexican unit. Uh, or like, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they were from. I want, I, I want to say LA, but that's like very stereotypical. <laughs> uh, but like, but either way, the, his whole unit was like brown guys. Uh, I can say that because I'm brown. So, uh, but oh, additional information. <laughs> but yeah, his, he has a whole journey detailing his draft. Like, not even draft. He didn't get drafted. He signed up for the war. Oh wow! Going overseas, fighting the war in Europe, and then coming back. And then, like, the racism that he, like, 
encountered like yeah during before and after it's like such an amazing story i haven't even read the entire journal yet um such an interesting story sounds uh, like you got such a big fuck you for like giving definitely so that's much. the vibe that's like the vibe that you get yeah. is that like it was a big fuck you to him when he came back and he was like jesus christ like i fought a war for these people <laughs> you know what i mean um but you don't hear many stories like that yeah i think um Peter Jackson came up with something not so mm. long ago. Like he restored footage from World War One and showed it to people, which is amazing. Um, but I still think people talk about World War Two way more than World War One. Peter Jackson, sorry, I'm blank. He's Lord of the Rings guy. Yes, directed Lord of the Rings. He restored all of this footage from World War One. Oh. It's incredible. Oh, wow. It's like Dang. all 4K footage, like I didn't know that. From, restored from like film stock. I mean, also like semi-related what we were talking about he's also mm-hmm. a really good example of a filmmaker who just made whatever he wanted oh my god yes yeah. of course yeah he made lord of the rings yeah that's so well, true he, well before that even because mm-hmm. like have you seen like his old horror movies and like the really low budget stuff that he no, started out with never uh he he did this really he used to do like really gory zombie movies in mm-hmm. like the 80s Damn. so there was uh dead alive i think it was called um all these like low budget budget uh new zealand movies and Uh um there's one he made this like dirty muppet show kind of parody Mm -hmm. oh Uh, yeah that one yeah 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 that was him oh you've seen it i feel like i I know what you're talking uh, about meet the it's like was it all um no sesame all street yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh my god that's amazing that's not what it's called but it was Uh um it's basically like like uh you know the muppet shows like that variety show format so mm-hmm. the exact same thing, but they yeah. do like behind the scenes with all the like drugs and that's dirty so odd. shit. They're like they're like it's, smoking. It's super yeah. gross. Background. Like it's actually super gross. Oh, um, what do you mean like gross? Like well, really? Because he he used to like his thing was just like really kind of gory, spe- like practical special effects. So he's mm-hmm. doing the exact same things with like puppets. Oh okay. Uh, like like really graphic or or like stds and things like mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah yeah holy shit it's a lot that sounds um, awesome though. but you know that's just that's just like peak doing whatever the fuck you want yeah damn i was just about to say halo but i don't think i would touch it i'd be like nah fuck that meet the feebles <laughs> that's what it's called meet the feebles yes, yes yeah <laughs> so gross damn i'm having such a hard time Am I really going to stick with Power Rangers? I mean, I love the Power Rangers. You can. I don't want to, though. I want to say something more like, more, not like a challenge, but like more that like, I, people out there would be like, whoa, I can't believe that that's coming out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or what do you want to like, even if there's just like a tiny group of people who are just as excited about it as you are, who are just like, oh my God, oh my God. It wouldn't be a remake, but I have something on the background. I almost wrote this for one of our classes at De Anza, but I wasn't allowed to because it was an adaptation. Oh yeah. Um, Only one person was allowed to do it because he was exceptionally talented at that. But but I had an adaptation from this game uh, that I thought, it has a really interesting plot to it. It's made by Bungie, so like same people who made Halo. Is it Destiny? Uh, no, not Destiny. It came out way before. It came out before Halo. Oh. Uh, but this is how um, this is how Bungie got like the, a jump start to being a bigger studio. Mm-hmm. It was a game called Marathon, and um, it's basically about like this. <laughs> d- don't mention it, but like <laughs> it's not it's not why I'm passionate about it mm. at all. Okay. But uh, it has to do with a security guard who. Shut up! Shut up! Now that's so funny. It's just a happenstance, okay? But it has to do with the security guard who, like, um, who gets a call, a distress call from this like ba- uh, space station, and like it's like a basically like it has to do with AI, like an AI that like gets taken over. Like three AIs run the whole ship, and like. One of them goes rampant, and then, like, uh, one of them dies, and then the other one is basically helping the security guard, like, navigate the entire ship to try and, like, deter this alien attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, there's actual, like, there's, like, a grain of politics to it um, and, like, questions about AI and personhood and, like, the motivations behind, like, why the... like. One of the, I'll just give it away, like, because it's not even that. Anyway, like, one of the impressions or one of the goals of this AI um, 
that turns rampant, right? Because, like, apparently in the universe that this is take place, place in, rampancy, the stage before rampancy is, like, jealousy. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's the AI's jealousy of, like, a human's autonomy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, once, once they go rampant, they, all, they have all these feelings, right? And then they start acting for themselves. So his interest is to, like, live after the universe ends. Okay. And so, like, the way he's manipulating this alien invasion, like, you learn that he is the reason that the alien invasion happened anyway because this AI in his spare time learned about this ancient civilization and he and they they thought they discovered the key to living after the universe ends so he's basically using the entire all the people all the all the alien races all the security guard and the other AI to basically live forever like that's his whole goal and it's like it's psychotic like it's so incredible the way like the game is written and it's so funny because the game itself is like 90s graphics it looks like doom yeah. it looks like yeah. doom yeah. but the story is so engrossed like it, you get so engrossed in the story while you're playing the game and i love the way the game explains the story like the whole story you can't it wouldn't work for film you'd have to figure out a way to make it work but the entire game is is told through these computer terminals because like that's how you communicate with the AI who's trying to help mm -hmm. you. You go to a computer and then she talks to you and then you find other computers throughout the entire colony ship. Uh, and it tells you the backstory of like all these people who lived there, like their daily lives or like the alien invasion. Like it's just incredible. Like this whole universe is incredible. There's like three games and I think I can condense it into two, two feature film movies. But like that's 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 incredibly niche. Like yeah, that no, that's, is somebody that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Like just a yeah. perfect passion project oh that's like God. mainly for yourself. Like there would be literally a group of I shit you not, like probably about nine hundred thousand people on the planet on the planet who would know what that is. Yeah, and be like, oh my God, a movie about marathon is coming out. Like. That's crazy as fuck. Like, I think that's a good goal. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. that's that that's the one I would choose. I wouldn't gotcha. bring it back, but I would make some like an, an adaptation of it. Ooh, we might actually have to wrap this up. Oh, already. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry to end this so abruptly, but John, thank you so much for coming. No yeah. problem. And Thanks then, for being like, uh, Over the sound of the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the east. They can deal. We, we need the door open. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for coming. Seriously, though. No problem. No problem. Thank you. All right. Bye, Come everybody. Bye. Bye. -bye.